The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Well, on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out. The bears eat a broken, eat a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad lot, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City studios of the Parallel Palacio, right across the river into the woods from where Granny's about to go to bed. So she usually likes to hit up that hybrid venom OG before she closes her eyelids in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh. People dress in plastic bags, they're ready to drive in some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do, but all my friends that come around, fight the fight the party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, there's thousands of tatter, my brain splattered all over Manhattan, shake it up. Hey, what's kicking on Pharrell with Mafia tonight, the number's 844-843-6879, I mean, I don't even uh, know where to pinpoint how many times the Hawks have blown this game. I mean, my God, between uh, Trey Young's missed layups, Trey Young's brick, uh, like, crazy threes that he was trying to get fouled on that no one touched him and he shanks it off the rim, or Bogdanovich's multiple bricks from three, or Collins' multiple bricks, or Collins' multiple bad decisions driving into the box to try to score on their bigs and getting swatted every time. I mean, I can't keep track of all their blown chances. I mean, it's unbelievable. They're up one right now. There's another missed layup by Young, and they get the foul call, but he got hammered by Embiid. And they're going to argue that till the uh, cows come home. Young is still down. Embiid helped up. It's 99-98 Hawks, 49 seconds left in the game. I mean, I don't know, uh, Mafia, if you've seen all these mistakes. I know you're watching because the hockey game's in a uh, break. They're going to come back with the second period momentarily if they're not already back. But uh, have you seen all these, like, blown shots by the Hawks when they had a lead? I have, and you know what? It started early on, too. You brought up all those other guys, but, I mean, Capella was bricking things left and right close to the rim in the beginning of the game when they were trying to hang around before Philly pulled away. Now they came back, and all those other guys did things, but everybody on that team has just had so many opportunities and just can't hit anything. It's amazing that they have a you know one-point lead late right now. So Bogdanovich does have 22 points. I'll give him that, but he's 4 of 14 from downtown, right? So now they're up to Young hits the first free throw. He's 4 of 14. Young, 3 of 11 from downtown. Herter, 2 of 5 from downtown. Don't get me started 
on how badly, like Bogdanovich, 9 of 24 from the field, Young, 8 of 27. That is just dreadful. That is dreadful shooting. I don't care what anybody says. That is just dreadful shooting. Uh, the difference in Young has four free throws. I think uh, he's four of six from the line. Anyway, Gallinari, one of three from downtown. He's four of four from the line. He's done nothing in this game. Seven points. How do you have a guy that good? And he's got seven points in the game, and he doesn't shoot the rock. He's only had six shots. I mean, the guy, has he not been better than that, in my opinion? He averages 13-4 and one and a half in a regular season. And then against Philly, he's averaged 10. In the postseason, he's averaged close to 12 points a game. He's having a terrible game, 7-6-1. and one. That's just not good enough for me as far as I'm concerned. They've gotten no productivity at all from anybody except, I guess, Lou Williams gave them nine off the bench. We welcome our radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Channel 204, Mighty or 1090 in San Diego near Tijuana. Do you wanna? Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio, Hoorah, Soldier, Hoorah. It's Pharrell on the bench with Mafia. And the number is 844-843-6879. By the way, it's toll-free. 101-98 Atlanta. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, they just absolutely, uh, in my opinion, like their defense has been atrocious against uh, like the three ball even. Uh, They're shooting 40% Philly from three. And the Hawks are shooting... 29% 29% from three, so terrible. But here's the deal. Uh, Curry's hit three threes. Uh, they're going to get a, a foul again, and Bede's going back to the line. Cork has, has hit two threes. Nobody else. Uh, Harris, two threes. Embiid, one three. Maxi one three. Thibel, one three. Shake Milton, one three. But he hit it recently, late in the game. And uh, George Hill, nothing. They're shooting 44% from the floor, 40% from downtown. Meanwhile, the Hawks have been terrible, 36% from the floor, 29% from downtown. Somehow, someway, they're up three. But Embiid's at the line. Usually he's money from the line. Hits a first. I mean, a guy for a big seven-footer, this guy shoots free throws very well as far as I'm concerned. Unlike... Simmons, who can't hit a free throw to save his ass, although I did see him hit one. I'll give him this. He just split one of them, so I want to see what Simmons is. One of five from the line. As usual, can't hit it from the line. It's for all on the bench. We're raging tonight. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. 
But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It has come to our attention that some of you are guilty of superstition. Dude, trust us. Winning after an XL pepperoni pie before every game is just a coincidence. Take a breath. And maybe a diabetes test. We're your home for the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Listen, I have uh, told you uh, already at the start of this show, like, they have made more mistakes, the Hawks, than any team, like, going down the stretch I've ever seen in my life. So here's what just happened. Collins just threw a heater, an absolute spicy meatball to uh, Capella underneath the block. You know, he just threw it too hot. Uh, and, and he was too close to him. He was four feet away from him, threw a heater at him, and it went right through his hands out of bounds. Now Philly's got the last shot to win the game. They're down one. And they're going to go right to Embiid. He missed the layup. He missed the layup. He missed it. He airballed it. Embiid just bricked. Unbelievable. I have to see it to believe it. All alone, going down the paint, he, he airballed it. I don't even know how that happened. How do you miss that shot? When you're as big as him, nobody around him. I mean, he literally, did he not just go in there with pretty much unscathed and he just bricked it? I mean, there's seven seconds left. I got to tell you, Collins threw that ball away. And the first thing I thought was, oh my God, the mistakes they've made going down the stretch. And he's been in the middle of it with, he had like a hesitation three and shot like a heavy brick. I guess Capella got a piece of it when he was going up Embiid. He got a piece of it from the waist up to the air, and it may have thrown him off his rhythm, and then he he airmailed it. He missed it. He shot it. It looked to me like he shot it over the rim to the left. Like, they're, they're craving a call. They're not going to get it. I don't even know what they're looking for right here, Mafia. I really don't because he just flat out missed it. I think they called a timeout. So now you're going to see what happens. They have to foul, you know, immediately on the inbound and hope Atlanta misses the free throws. Because even if they hit both, Philly can hit a three to tie the game and send it to overtime. Bottom line. Uh, the key is the foul on the inbounds. They got to foul immediately. And the last guy in the world you want to foul is Trey Young, the way he shoots free throws. But Collins has been disastrous. And Bogdanovich has been disastrous. Listen, 
I'm not buying the 22 from Bogdanovich when you're 9 of 24 from LaFleur and 4 of 13 from downtown. I'm not buying the Trey Young 23 when he's 8 of 26 and 3 of 11 from downtown. Real sloppy. And I got to tell you, I got to look at even just turnovers here. Well, at least Young, he's only got two turnovers. So not many turnovers in the game uh, for Atlanta. And then as far as uh, the turnovers, uh, Embiid, four turnovers for Philly. That kind of stands out to me. But now uh, you're looking at uh, free throw time. Let's see what we got here. So from the line, Young, I can't even believe he's missed two. Four of six from the line. Gallinari, four of four. Uh, Lou Williams, four of four. And really, Collins, one of two, that's it. And Bogdanovich, 0 for 1. So pick your poison. You do not want to foul, it would appear to me, Trey Young, even though he's missed a couple. Late in the game, I think he nails free throws. And we'll see what happens. But they're still up just one with seven seconds left, 101-100. And uh, I can't even believe, if they win this game, I mean, this is the ugliest win I ever saw based on how bad they were down the stretch. You can't even deny it, Mafia. Collins with his multiple bad shots and passes that went out of bounds. His brick, like, hesitation three that was, like, a complete chunker off the rim. He's overshot, like, four rebounds. Like, you know, turn the ball. Look at Young get away, and they foul him with uh, six seconds left. I don't know how that happened. The guy got the ball on the inbounds and ran all the way to the other end of the court, and they're saying one second came off? How is that possible? Did you just see that play? Did you even see that play? He caught that ball, and he ran at least five, six steps. How does one second come off the clock? I mean, that makes no sense to me. He, he got the ball, and nobody was on him. He ran away from the crowd to the other end of the floor, and only one second came off. Here's his free throws. He makes the first. I Hopefully, these people are smart enough to realize that their lead will be three, and Philly will inbounds the ball at half court, and they'll have all the time in the world for a three. And you've got to guard, I mean, you've got to guard uh, Korkmaz and Curry, without a doubt. And even Harris, all three of them can shoot threes. And frankly, so can Embiid. So he hits both. They're up three. No, they don't get half-court inbound. Full court. Milton's going to pull up right now. There's no time left in the game. Curry, bomb. Brick, game over. Atlanta wins and the cover. The double. Cover. Double cover. I needed that. Atlanta, 103-100. They get lucky and beat the Sixers. Now the series is tied at twos. Hello. And now you'll have Jazz Clippers to follow. The convenience of flipping channels now, Mafia, and going straight to the hockey game. It's a beautiful thing. Two to nothing, Vegas now. They got a goal. They got another one. So they were up one zip on the Theodore goal in the first, and they've obviously scored here in the second. Let's see. Yeah, they just who, added uh, to it, Scott, when you were talking about uh, that play by Embiid where he missed it right after that, and they were sorting through all that stuff. Alec Martinez 
with a one-time blast. They kind of had the ball, you know, the puck come out to the center, like right down the slot, and the guy faked the shot, moved over a little bit, and drew Price over towards the other side, and then threw it to Martinez for a wide-open one-timer. Nobody there blasted at home. Yeah, I see it now. He's wide open on the right circle, going down ice, left circle facing the goalie. But uh, his third of the playoffs at 218 from Theodore and uh, Smith. Theodore has a goal from McNabb and Stevenson. So 2 nothing Vegas in game one of this series. Of course, the conference, whatever you want to call it, uh, the final four in the NHL because they're not east and west, but it is to me. Uh, and they go for another one. Oh, Carey Price, what a glove save, what a beauty. Oh, full splits and his glove in the air. What an amazing save by Price on a break with Stoney. Stoney ripped a wrister and somehow Price with the glove save. Sickening save by Price. Otherwise, it would have been 3 nothing. Stoner with a beautiful shot on. Even he knew it. He has to respect that save by Price. Unbelievable. Coming up, we're going to talk to uh, our buddy Greg Logan of Newsday about the Nets problems heading into Game 5 tomorrow night and no sleep till Brooklyn with all of their injuries. Uh, let's face it, Kyrie and Harden are not playing. There you go. There's the beginning and the end of your problems. So it's just a nightmare for Steve Nash, Durant, and company as this great team. Let's face it, they are great. When all of them are playing, they are great. Uh, they're loaded. They're dangerous. They're unstoppable. But now they don't have either one of them. All they have is Durant, and that's a lot, but... I mean, the Bucks are keying on him like nobody's business and uh, butchering him, absolutely butchering uh, Durant. He's been macheted in this series. Every single foul in the world uh, in, in Milwaukee, none of them called. He got fouled every time he touched the, uh, the ball. So I'll tell you what. He's going to get those calls now in Brooklyn. I have a feeling it's Pharrell on a bench. And um, we're going to come back and talk to Greg about everything that's going on uh, with that series. And now they're going to call a penalty on Montreal. So Vegas is going to go on a power play here with 15 minutes left in the second, and they're already up 2 nothing. So they're going on the power play, going to have the man advantage. Don't go anywhere. We're raging. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. with people. Everybody expects every team in the effing league to win the Super Bowl. One team wins. The rest of them lose. Nothing for you. How about that? One last indignity. All right, we're on a bench with Mafia, and we're going to hook up now with our friend Greg Logan of Newsday. Great writer, covers the Nets, and they got a huge game five tomorrow night at the Barclays and no sleep till Brooklyn, and uh, there's so much going on with this series. It's crazy. How you doing, Greg? Great, Todd. How are you? My man. So let's get right into it. Uh, first of all, uh, I have to tell you, uh, you know, I thought, and before we get into the injuries, before we get into the, you know, obvious, right? The, you know, which is their their main issue. We already know that neither one of them are playing Harden and Irving tomorrow. So the reality is, is that what I saw. This is just me. You tell me if I'm wrong. What I saw in Milwaukee for two games was pretty simple. Uh, I thought, you know, PJ Tucker did a hell of a job on on Durant, but I, I really have to say, you know, cause I ball every day of my life. I mean, that guy macheted him. I, I thought he got, I mean, I thought that guy got fouled a hundred times in those two games and they called about two of them. I mean, they literally let them just at, they put him in a wood chipper. I mean, they fouled that guy <laughs> till, I mean, till I'm surprised his arms didn't fall off. I mean, he got thrown around like a rag doll on the floor. He couldn't get a call to save his ass. And I have to tell you that I think that tomorrow night, all that ends for Tucker. And if he so much as blows on him, he's going to get called. And he'll be in foul trouble by halftime. Scott, you make me laugh. That That's a, a great, great observation. And, you know, I'm trying not to sound like a homer because, you know, I, I watch the Nets all the time. But... Uh, there's no question that, uh, especially after the incident in Game 3, where Tucker uh, got nose-to-nose with Durant after a foul call and they cursed each other out up one side right. and down the other, I think he's really made it personal. And, uh, you know, last night uh, in Game 4, there were times where the Nets would line up for an inbounds play, and Durant is close to where they're inbounding the ball and Tucker comes up 
and he puts his head right into Durant's chest. You know, he's bodying him up the whole time. And then I've never, in this entire season, I've never seen Kevin Durant uh, flattened, knocked to the floor so many times on shots and not get a foul call. I, I mean, it was incredible how many times there was contact and no foul. And you can say, some people are saying, well, you know, Durant is beefing too much with the refs and stuff like that. So he was asked about it today, and he said, you know, the refs are human. They get some calls right. They might miss some and so on. And he's just saying they all have to play through it. So he's basically trying to downplay it. But there is no question that uh, that Tucker is was all over him. He totally mauled him. He bounced him around in games three and four. And uh, and Chris Middleton today said that uh, Tucker's play has inspired the Bucks, and that his approach is contagious for them. And so they're taking uh, uh, a great uh, hope from the way that they played the Nets defensively in Milwaukee. I mean, the Nets averaged 120 points in the first two games in Brooklyn, and then they averaged 89.5 points in the next two games in Milwaukee. So a 30-point uh, differential. And uh, and there's no question that uh, Durant has been struggling. And then after Kyrie went down in the second quarter of Game 4, you know, Durant took it upon himself to try and and – you know, take on the burden of producing most of the offense. And and he was bringing the ball up court. He was initiating the offense, and everybody was playing off him. And it was just an, it was a tough night because he was getting bounced around by Tucker. So 9 of 25 shooting, 1 of 8 from 3, it wasn't good. And, and Steve Nash said today that the games were called one way in Brooklyn and another way in Milwaukee. And so... I you I don't know if they will it will be a dramatic turnaround tomorrow, but you know the the referee crew they had for Game Four in Milwaukee was stellar. I mean they had Scott Foster as the lead referee and uh, and Tony Brothers as uh, uh, one of the secondary referees. I can't recall the name of the other guy, but he's a longtime NBA referee, and so that was a, a super veteran crew, and yet they let the Bucks get away with a ton. And, you know, I think if they go back and watch that game film, they got to say, Hey, you know, maybe we, maybe we overdid it on that. So I, I don't know how it'll turn out, but, uh, but that is definitely at the heart of this series is who can get away with being the most physical. And, uh, and in Milwaukee, the de- the Bucks definitely were the most physical team, without a question of doubt. Oh my! I mean, honestly, it was it was atrocious. Uh, listen, I'll tell you another thing: uh, <clears throat> Tony and 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 Scott, and uh, in all due respect, they have been doing it for a very long time. I always hear that when I'm watching the game. You know, the uh, national Turner guys will always tell me how they've got just the most experience of anyone in the business that they're these guys have, you know, 60 years of experience. Well, that means nothing to me when you suck at your job. I got to tell you, because I, I honestly, I, I, Scott Foster's the worst ref I've ever seen in my life. I don't care what anybody says. 
I have played ball for 50 years. I have never seen a guy so in love with himself, so enamored with himself. So here, I'm going to be on camera all day on national television. So I'm going to look as pretty as possible and get myself on the screen as much as possible. I got to tell you, listen, that guy, Durant, he went to the line 10 times. He should have gone to the line at the bare minimum of 20 times. At the bare minimum. I, I was agree. counting the I amount totally of times agree. he got mauled, he got mauled like a bear in the woods, like a camper at his campsite, like trying to put some salmon on the grill, and he got snuck up on from behind by a bear. I mean, this guy, he literally, I, he's probably got, uh, he has to get checked for rabies uh, because he's got so many cuts on his arms and shoulders. And, and I mean, the guy got thrown to the ground like a French prostitute. I mean, it was unbelievable. I'm sitting there watching the game. I have never in my life seen a worse crew of refs. I mean, you cannot call a game that poorly on one end or the other. Like, look, and and look, when the games were in Brooklyn, when the games were in Brooklyn, uh, Greg, the games were wild and high scoring, and and it wasn't a factor. But you know as well as I do that those games in Milwaukee were it was so bad. The amount of the the hatcheting that was going on, you know. Look, I'm only talking about Durant. Don't even get me started on the rest of them. I just thought that yeah. this guy Tucker mauled him. And look, he's gonna learn the hard way tomorrow night. If they don't call those fouls tomorrow night, then I think the frankly, I think the Nets have to start playing dirty because that's all the Bucks did in Milwaukee. They played dirty. That was it. They played dirty, physical, violent, hands-on, hand-checking, fouling on every shot, every drive, and the refs let them do it. That was it. They just let them do it. Scott, thank God you are you. <laughs> that cracks me up. You know, I I didn't say anything about Game 3, the officiating in Game 3, which I thought was marginal, but and I, I try not to comment about the officiating, but on Twitter throughout game four, I, I couldn't help myself because it was just so blatant. It was so obvious that, uh, that Duran Durant was going up for shot after shot and hitting the deck time after time. Well, that doesn't, you know, you go up, you land on your feet, but he was right. landing on his ass, you know, all the time. And, uh, and he he drew one offensive foul, I think, in the or, or one uh, defensive foul in the first half, and he was getting bounced all over the place. And then the 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 second half was just ridiculous. Uh, you know, he was totally mugged in the second half. There was no doubt about it. And so, like I say, I try not to tweet too much about the uh, officiating because then it makes you seem like oh uh, you're biased because uh, toward the team that you cover. But honestly, you know, I watched this stuff day after day after day, and and Durant totally took the brunt of it. There's no doubt about it. And he downplayed it today. He tried to say they just have to learn to play through it. But uh, Steve Nash, after the game, I asked him about it, and he said, uh, you know, that he felt that uh, Tucker was playing with what he called borderline basketball physicality. So in other words, he felt it was over the edge, uh, and and not really basket, you know, 
quote unquote traditional basketball plays. You know, he was he was getting away with. He was stuff. dirty. He so was dirty, Greg. He was so dirty. Are you kidding me? He was tackling him, mauling him, sticking his head in his chest, holding him, clutching him. tripping him. What didn't he do to him? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come back with Greg Logan of Newsday and talk more about this series because it's got my heart rate up. We're talking about the Nets and Bucks. Game five tomorrow. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Winning isn't a mystery. It's remaking the odds in your favor by developing a strategy through deftly applied expert information and insights. Where do you get this information? Right here. Well, duh. Get the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Vegas is about 3-1 now. Caulfield scored a power play goal, and then like a minute later, Vegas scored again to make it 3-1. It was uh, White Cloud to Tuck. Tuck shot it, hit a stick, bounced to the uh, left post where Janmark tipped it in, and it's 3-1 Vegas now with five minutes left in the second. They're up two goals. Strangely enough, uh, it seems like it's been forever since you saw Carey Price give up three goals. And we already told you the Hawks won tonight by three over Philly. And that was the ugliest win I've ever seen in my life with the amount of bricks they shot in the fourth quarter. I can't believe they won that game. The, uh, every, everything, turnovers, balls thrown away, bricks from three left and right. I don't even – I think Young might have hit one three in the fourth. The rest of it was all brick city. I can't even believe they won. But he had two free throws that iced it. And then – Embiid, uh, coming down the lane, got a ball deflected, and he airballed the layup, and that was that. So we're talking to Greg Logan, a great uh, columnist with uh, Newsday, covers the Nets. Tomorrow night's game five and no sleep till, and I've been very angry uh, watching the series because of the refs. Uh, I think they're uh, just the worst. They're atrocious. I mean, like, all right, so here's the deal. Uh, If you're not going to make those calls in in Milwaukee – then I, you know, I just have this feeling that the uh, Nets are going to get those calls in Brooklyn, particularly with the fact that now, I mean, the refs who clearly changed from games one and two to games three and four, like 
the weather. They changed like the weather. Well, now they know that <laughs> the entire Nets team is gone. They're they're gone. So you know that no no Kyrie, no Harden. Uh, the team's been decimated with injuries. My guess is since they're so on the take, they'll probably give the the Nets calls tomorrow night because uh, I'm telling you, if a guy does what Tucker did in that game in Milwaukee in the other team's building and gets away with it, I'll stop watching the NBA. I'll just stop because you're not having those calls in, in the other team's building. And you know that, Greg. Now, here's the deal. When he went down, Kyrie Irving, he landed, of course, on Giannis's uh, foot, and he rolled it badly. Left in a boot, left on crutches. I don't believe anything I'm hearing about MRIs. I don't believe any of that, that it's clean and all the rest. All I know is he rolled it hard, and I, every guy I've ever known to roll their ankle that hard, they're not playing for at least a week. At least a week. I don't care what they shoot them up with or tape it up with. If you roll it that hard, you're not playing. And the other guy, Harden, his hamstring, Greg, all I know is I pop mine uh, around Christmas time playing, and I've never had that. Ha- I've had every injury in the world, every injury. You name it, I've had it. I've never uh, torn or popped my hamstring before, believe it or not. I just have not had like uh, those types of injuries. Calf, once I tore my calf. Once in my life, I tore my quad, and, and, and then I popped my hamstring. Well, Scott, I'm going to talk Tell about both how injuries. I, I'm going to talk about both injuries and tell you what I know for sure and then tell you what I suspect based on my experience. And uh, when you mentioned the uh, Kyrie injury, you know, what I noticed was, well, first of all, Steve Nash was asked today if he thought Giannis made a dirty play because he got his body under Kyrie and gave him no place to land. And Steve Nash said, I'm not going to try to get into his head and say whether or not he did it purposely, but he was under Kyrie. And so he wasn't going to make any allegation or anything like that. But the fact is, he didn't give Kyrie a place to land, and there was no call. And uh, and then, after Kyrie landed and, and rolled his ankle, he didn't just grab the ankle. He grabbed, actually, above the right ankle. Right. Which leads me to believe he might have a high ankle sprain. And we know people don't come back from a high ankle sprain anytime soon. I totally agree with your analysis of at least a week. I think he's out for the rest of the series. I would I would bet my life on the fact that he will not play again in this series. You know, he will be lucky to come back if if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. As for Harden, uh Nash said on Saturday that Harden had to complete multiple high intensity workouts before he could be cleared to come back and play. Right. Well, right. so then the very next day, uh, Irving is injured. And so they have a practice today, and Harden go, is, was working out while Nash was talking to us. And so he was asked, well, you said multiple high-intensity work, high workouts, and this is just one, or did he work out, did he complete other earlier high-intensity workouts? 
and Nash would not talk about whether he completed others. You know, it was just about, I'm just not sure he's working out now. We'll have to see. Well, literally, we hung up the phone with Nash, and within five minutes, they posted that Harden was out. So to me, you know, he didn't do enough in whatever is – he did not practice today. He just did the high-intensity workout. And so he didn't show enough progress. And earlier in the season, you know, he missed two games with the same hamstring tightness and then tried to come back against the Knicks. He played four minutes, and and then he was gone for the next 18 games. So, you know, he's in a difficult spot right now. So it's, you know, I could see they've ruled him out of game five, and they're just praying that they're at home, and they have Durant, and maybe the role players will step up, and maybe Joe Harris will find his shot, and so on, and maybe they can pull out a victory and, and just play tough defensively and, and, and get it back to Milwaukee, where they only have to win one of the last two to advance. Uh, I, think, I think at best, I, I think what they, their original plan was Let's see if we can get through this series, and then there's a week off between series, and can we have Harden for the Eastern Conference Finals? Now they're in a a delicate, dangerous situation. Now I think if they get to a Game 7, I think he would play the Game 7. So we'll just have to see where that goes, but that's just me with my gut instinct interpreting the little amount of information they give us and what I saw with my own eyes. So I think uh, Greg Logan with us, the esteemed columnist with Newsday, uh, one of our favorites on the bench, talking Nets ball. So uh, I, I, here's what I think. I, I think that uh, everything you're saying is dead on. You're right. It, that's that's how it's going to play out. But the reality is, is tomorrow night they have to win that game because if they don't, they're losing no in six in, in Milwaukee. So tomorrow night, for me, the key to this game, I know everybody talks about all these other guys. Here's the reality. Green comes back from the plantar fascia. He has eight, and he plays 27 minutes. He needs to go back to the green from a month ago that was scoring 16 to 20 points a game and having a massive role in their offense. I think that uh, Shamit and James have to do better than five apiece. They both have to be in double figures. Claxton has to have 10 rebounds. And I think Brown has to be in double figures. And Harris, unequivocally, if Harris doesn't start hitting threes, they're doomed because he's done nothing in this series whatsoever to speak of. And, you know, Griffin has to get violent and use all six fouls. And I think he's got to give him 10 rebounds too. Somebody's got to crash the boards. And it's got to be Griffin, Claxton, and uh, I'll even throw Green in there because he's big too. And Durant is doing his. He's everything. good on the Durant's. Uh, Durant's great, but Durant's doing everything. He's he's exhausting himself, and he's getting molested every time he gets the ball. So that takes a toll on a guy. Am I wrong in saying all these other schmoes have to step up beyond reproach of what they're doing right now? And I think Green's the key for me because Green can be such an effective player. You know, I I totally agree with that analysis. I, you know, I don't know if everybody can do, can reach all those numbers you were talking about. But in general, 
the the supporting cast has to step up. And Harris was actually good in the first two games at home. It was these two road games where he just went totally south. And after the game three where he was one for 11, and honestly, if he hits the last three-pointer that he took in that game three, they win. If that, that ball went down and came back out, if that one goes in, they win because then they're up for then the holiday layup doesn't matter as much and then they don't have to foul Middleton at the end and that and then they would have been up you know 3-0 and uh and so that really might be the turning point of the series but he did not have a bounce back game in game four and that was sad for the Nets and there's no question he has got to step to the plate in Game 5 uh, above everybody else because he is now their second-best scoring option behind Durant. And so they've got to run plays for him, and he's got to knock them down. And then, as you said, you know, of all the role players, I mean, Bruce Brown, uh, you know, he does what he does. He's he's very effective. It's, it, it's kind of a, an amazing role. He's unlike most any other player in the NBA at his size, picking and rolling and going to the basket and using those floaters and stuff like that. Plus he plays tough defense and Griffin, he doesn't score like he used to do, but you're right. He has to bring the physicality. He's, he's the main defender against Giannis, Giannis. And, and then uh, green, you know, they did not want to play him 27 minutes in that last game, but they were sort of, pressed into it once Kyrie went down. Now the question right. is, how does he come back from that in his second game? We don't know. But you're right. He's good at both ends of the court. Tough defender, and he's had a career year from three-point range. So he's got to do it. Uh, James can't be taking foolish shots. Like, you know, like there's times when Mike James is terrific, right. and he's their playmaker, and he's got to make plays for them now because he's going to be the starting point guard. But he can't take stupid shots. And Sloppy. then Shemet, Claxton, they all have to play their roles. And I think Tyler Johnson also has a role off the bench if he can knock down some threes. So there's no question, you know, that it can't just be Kevin Durant against the Bucks. These other guys have got to support him. And the ball has to move. Kevin can't dominate the ball the way he did in the second half of game four against the Bucks. The ball has to move and it has to be a more natural kind of offense. But yet at the same time, you know, Nash said today, they're not going to take the ball out of Durant's hands. So we'll just have to see how that works out. But yeah, it's, it's the, the Nets have one of the deepest rosters in the NBA and now they have to prove it that they can support uh, Kevin Durant as a single superstar. I agree with you. Listen, it, the way he just ISO, they gave him the ball, and it, they all stood around watching him try to score as he was getting, you know, mauled. Uh, they all just stood around and watched him. It was awful. And I'll tell you another thing. They cannot let, uh, frankly, they cannot let Tucker and Forbes have double figures. Great stuff, Greg. I love you. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll get you on the TV side before this is all said and done. There he is, Greg Logan on Newsday. Hey. 
Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. through the motions they were lifeless i don't like that or condone that at all i play it straight up yo i mean to tell you utah is laying an egg tonight so far in lipstick city at staples against the clippers it's been all la so far 38 17 clippers and they're looking to add to it, and they do, and the foul. So they're going to go up 40-17 to 17 with man going to the line to try to make it 41-17 with eight minutes left in the second and a timeout. But the Jazz are shooting uh, just under 27% from the floor, 18% from three. They're 2 of 11 from downtown. Meanwhile... The Clippers are sizzling 41% from the floor, 50% from downtown already. Uh, Kawhi, two of four from uh, three. Morris, three for three. PG, two for four. Kennard, one for two. Man's the only guy that shot bricks. He's uh, 0 for two. And uh, Batum is 0 for one from three, just from three. 40 to 17 Clippers so far. And, of course, the Hawks won tonight. I hit the Hawks to win outright and getting three over the Sixers in Hot Town, 103-100 at the State Farm, otherwise known as the Hub, as I named it years ago in 1999 when I broke it in as the Thrasher's play-by-play voice. The first game ever played in there was hockey. All I know is it, it was a hockey and NBA arena. Now it's just an NBA arena because the hockey's long gone from Atlanta and not coming back. So there you go. Uh, on the ice, three one nights after two periods in Vegas, they lead the Canadians in Game One of their series. Of course, the Islanders and Tampa play tomorrow night. Game Two at Amelie in Tampa on the Southwest Gulf side of Florida. It's Pharrell on a bench. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.